for nine years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And 30 years of Rosie on the House. Welcome to hour number four of our weekly radio broadcast. This is the 10 o'clock hour. This is our on the house topic where we spend the entire hour talking about something particular to your home, castle, or cabin. It follows our home maintenance calendar that we started publishing for our 30th anniversary last year. Second edition is out. And speaking of which, the end of the month, May 31st, is the deadline for 2020's photo contest. If you have an outdoor wildlife or landscape photo that you'd like to submit to be published in our 2020 calendar. Deadline is end of this month. You can send those images to info at rosieonthehouse.com. I have a little bit of a feeling we're going to have a lot of pictures that are going to be very green and very wet Arizona based on the winter we've had here. So we'll be looking forward to that. Any pictures of waterfalls get extra consideration. <laughs> How could you not vote for a waterfall oh, in the desert? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> got, and there, there were some pretty ones this past winter, that's for sure. And I've got a few snap that I submitted under a, a discreet name that uh, the staff doesn't even know which ones are mine. Uh, I, I, driving out and about as much as we're on the road between all of our sure. different markets, I had the opportunity for a lot of great pictures. Oh, I bet you did. <laughs> anyway, um, the month of May for our home maintenance calendar focuses on remodeling. And today we're talking about one of Dad's soapboxes. So this hour to some is going to feel like two hours, and to others it's going to feel like 30 minutes, <laughs> depending on uh, where uh, – where you are in the in your own home remodeling situation. If you've had a bad home remodeling situation, this is going to feel like you're getting preached at for two hours. Like, yeah, I should have known better. Yeah, I should have <laughs> known better. Yeah, I should have known oh, better. Man. If you did the, your job and hired a good general contractor and had a positive experience, this hour is going to fly by. But it will arm you for selecting that next contractor for the next project. In our effort and in our endeavor to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. If I could just train homeowners to use this system to pick their next remodeling contractor, 90% of the phone calls we get from broken-hearted homeowners at our office and here at the radio show and at our website would be eliminated. But people generally too often give in to their inner cheapskate and they interview a couple contractors, and whoever floats them back the lowest number, they jump on board with that particular person. And it's more than just the inner cheapskate, because a lot of times when you tell somebody you bought something for, let's say, 10 bucks, well, you've all got that friend that, oh, I could have got that for five. I could have got two of them for five. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's bull. That's all garbage. They're just loud mouths. And in remodeling, it's even harder to get it to the point where you're looking at two proposals that are true apples to apples because every contractor has their own way of doing things. And in the remodeling business here in Arizona that I've been involved in for 45 years, I mean, I've made a habit of talking to my subcontractors and my suppliers, and I say, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? Do you do work for any other contractors that do work different than us or better than us 
And occasionally an electrician or a plumber will say, well, you know, on this one particular job, they made me do this. And I'd say, well, what do we make you do? And it'll be equal. And I'll say, well, what do we have to do to be better? And then they'll say, well, you could do this or that. I said, okay, from now on, that's the standard for any time I ask you to come on a job. It's the best you see out there in town plus one or two notches better. And that's the standard we have on our projects. Here's the way it typically goes when people are looking for a remodel. They cogitate on the design and the, the project itself for several months. And in that time, they collect a name or two from other friends that they know have remodeled or the neighbor down the street that they watch, you know, the dumpster and the remodel uh, get done on last year. Or they're looking in showrooms and asking the showroom folks who they should use for this project or that project. And they end up with three or four names. First thing is they call contractor A. And the industry nationally, folks, and I I, I want you all to hear this loud and clear. Remodelers that get professional training by industry experts are taught the first thing they need to get out of you or one of the very first things they need to get out of you is your budget. Folks, don't give your budget. Don't do it. And if you think you have a budget, you don't. (laughs) That's exactly right. And that's why you don't give it to them. When you're asked that question, and no matter what remodeler you call, they're going to ask you that question. Just the response to that would be, well, you know, rather than me stating my target budget, I'd like to describe to you kind of the project I have in my mind or the project my wife has in her mind. And I think you ought to tell us in your experience about what we should expect. That is a much more fair way to get to a realistic budget on what it's going to take to finish the project. The lowest bid very often is the most expensive way to get the job done. So you've got to be very careful. And I'm going to take you through this hour the questions you should be getting answers to as you take your contractors through the multi-step interview process that I guarantee if you follow these steps, you will have a successful remodeling job. Point number one, never, ever reveal your budget. And to the contractors, most of our content is based for the homeowner and consumer education. But for a contractor listening out there, if you're on site and the homeowner immediately is trying to beat you up on budget right away, you're never going to make money on that job. And you should just walk away and say, I don't think this is a good fit. If you're getting nickel and dime from the beginning, it's not going to give you any benefit to do a job that you lose money on. You can't stay in business that way. You can't pay your bills. You can't pay your guys. You can't pay your subcontractors. You can't pay yourself. If you're getting nickel and dime before you even sign anything, walk away. Well, we adopted this rule. I see, I've been doing this for 45 years. I think we adopted this rule 43 years and nine <laughs> months ago. If it seems like the prospective client wants everything for close to nothing, if you give an inch up front. You're never going to get out of that job without crawling a mile. So, you know. <laughs> and you, if they want it for nothing, well, then give them nothing. <laughs> you know, it's it's an expensive business. It really is. 
just here in 2019, I've had to increase, and, and all the great contractors have had to increase what they pay their staff almost 60 or 70% more than we were paying just 10 years ago. So there's been a pretty good labor shortage, and there's been a pretty good spike in labor costs. And you know what? You're not going to get your job done right unless you are properly supervised, which takes a good amount of time for someone. And hopefully that someone isn't you if you're paying a professional remodeler to get the job done. So don't reveal your budget. And then the next thing you want to do, maybe even before you call the contractors, is go to the Arizona Registrar of Contractors website, azroc.gov, and you do a search. And you can either search by the company name or the license number. And when you do that search, you'll find the particular company you're looking for. It will tell you how long they've had that license, if it is still current, and how many complaints have ever been filed against that particular license. Now, while you're on that website, it's going to take you another 10 seconds to click to the next page and see who is the qualifying party, who took the test, and who has the experience to actually hold the license. And many, many times, contractors that are just getting started actually pay a third party. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm telling you it happens a lot. They find or some party that's not active in the company that maybe is close to retirement and the license is still current and they adopt that. You should know that the qualifying party for the license is still an active member of the management team of that remodeling company. I think that's critical. You'll be able to see their bond and their license. And the other thing you want to do is check to make sure their bond, the registrar of contractors requires us to bond according to the value of our annual revenue. So the bigger you are, the bigger the bond you should have. Many times that's a detail that's overlooked. And you come in as a small company, you get that first bond, and the company grows, and six or seven years down the line, you just keep signing the bond renewal, bond renewal, bond renewal. And instead of doing $600,000 a year anymore, you're doing $6 million a year. Well, you need to go back to your, the contractor needs to go back to the bonding company and raise that bond for your protection. So make sure they're bonded, make sure they're licensed, and make sure they're insured. General liability and... Uh, licensed, bonded, no. insured, general liability liens. Make sure they're licensed as it, re as it pertains to public liability and property damage because you don't want to inherit the responsibility of insuring every single individual that's working on your job. If that contractor isn't properly insured through workman's comp and through public uh, property damage and someone falls off the roof, that medical bill is going to be sought for you to pay, even to the point of they could possibly be suing you. So license, bonded, and insured. First stop, azroc.gov. Check the license and check the qualifying party 
and check the dates of all the certificates and make sure they expire sometime after you think your job will be done. Don't get your windows replaced until you get an education and a quote from the experts at Pella Windows. So we've got Adam Homer in. Do you often change the window product as you go around the house? Oftentimes, customers wanting to turn a window into a door. If somebody wants to take a an operable window, maybe that they don't ever open, we turn those into picture windows. Would you change glazing options as you go around a house? You know, I guess intuitively it kind of makes sense. I mean, I understand why people think that maybe I'll, I'll do, uh, you, you know, your best sun defense glass on the west and south exposure and maybe do something different uh, and less expensive on the north and east side of the house. I mean, when it's 115 degrees outside, it's 115 degrees outside, whether the sun's on it or not. I mean, you're going to put sun defense glass if you're here in the valley uh, throughout your whole home. Take the time to think through the right door and window. Fellas, two locations in Scottsdale and Tucson. Find them at rosieonthehouse.com under certified partners. Continuing along Rosie's soapbox on how to hire a contractor, we got basically step one down, licensed, bonded, and insured. And we call that step one because you can do it all online. Online. That quick. So once you've identified, you've got a couple good guys to talk to, then the first thing you're going to want to do is call them. Generally speaking, I'll tell you how this conversation usually goes. Hello, Contractor A Remodeling Company. Thanks for calling. How may I help you? And you say, well, I'm thinking about doing a bathroom remodel. And then they'll say, have you remodeled before? How long have you lived in the home? And what's your budget? We already know one of those questions you're not going to answer, right? So you're going to tell them how long you've been in the house, tell them the vintage of the home, and then describe to them about what you'd like done. Ask them, are they familiar with doing bathroom remodeling projects in this particular neighborhood, in this zip code? Is this an area you ordinarily operate in? Because there's one thing about a big area like Arizona. You don't want to have to pay the superintendent for what we call windshield time. Getting from the office to your house, sitting there in traffic, okay, or running between one job in Buckeye and another job in Gold Canyon. So get someone that kind of works in your area. Make sure they've done projects successfully. And then what you want to ask them is, I'm comfortable you're going to be able to give me some referrals of some of these successful projects that you've completed in my neighborhood, right? And get those names and I'll teach you in a little while what questions you should ask those particular homeowners. So, the next question out of the remodeler ought to be, depending on the age of your home, do we need to test it for lead or asbestos before we even get out there and start looking at the project you want done? These aren't expensive tests, but they're hugely critical to the safety of you in the home during the process. You don't want to be in an environment that exposes you to a lot of airborne lead or asbestos, okay? They should be asking you, have you had the house lead or asbestos tested? And if you haven't, go ahead and pay the nominal fee to get it tested so you can find out what you're dealing with before the demolition starts. One of the next questions the contractor should be asking you 
is, have you had a whole house energy audit? Have you had your home analyzed? Because while we're in there tearing it apart to do this part of the addition, if there's something the home energy audit company recommended that you didn't do, maybe we ought to take a second look at that and get it in, in, included in this scope of work while we're already there. Especially if you have a flat roof, an older flat roof home where oh, we don't man. have a lot of attic access. If they're going to be in there ripping down uh, old popcorn ceilings and drywall and you've got some old ductwork that might be leaking or needs repaired or you've got new equipment that doesn't match the old system but yeah. you didn't replace the old duct system you know those types of applications are perfect for for doing those kinds of upgrades to our efficiency the, the while trade, the house is torn apart <laughs> the tradesman's already going to be there you know it just get it done in the process and then as you start zipping the home back together you'll know you're zipping it up well from the inside out and it's just a, a great. So make sure you get the lead and asbestos test. I would encourage you before you do any remodel, get a whole house energy audit. That's going to be a total of about four or $500 investment in testing your home that just makes good sense. It makes a great starting point. And any contractor you're considering using should be asking you to get those things done. That shouldn't come as a surprise to you when the inspector comes out for the demo and wants to see the lead and asbestos certification. So what happens if you find lead and asbestos? It's not the horrible situation it used to be. It's actually a fairly manageable problem. You just have to have a designated contractor who's licensed in this particular scope of work, get in there and do the abatement and get rid of the material and issue you a clean bill of health certificate that says this house, this work environment is now free of lead and or asbestos. At that point, your remodeling contractor can then come in, move in, and proceed with the demolition of the project. Where does mold fall into any of this? Well, a mold test could certainly be added to that as well, Romy. Great point, particularly, you know, underneath any wet area cabinet. Uh, if you have a bathroom and you have a sink, uh, you have mold. <laughs> that's, that's all I can tell you. If the house is over six months old and you have indoor plumbing, you have mold, okay? It's just what mold is it and to what degree has it spread, and how are we going to deal with that? Because you don't want to get in there and expose it, be surprised, because at the point you start discovering it, it's too late. You've already spread the spores that allow it to recreate once you've zipped the house back together. And so. all mold is a source of moisture, so if there was a problem you didn't realize you had, you could eliminate that water source during the, the remodel. Exactly. So there's a few questions the contractor should be asking you, okay? Don't let the first phone call turn into, into an interrogation of you. You're interviewing them. They're not particularly interviewing you, okay?
on Rosie's soapbox. We haven't got to the top of the soapbox yet. It ain't over. We still have a lot more to cover as we go through the things that you need to consider when you're hiring a general contractor. One of the things that isn't in the article is, you know, what is your reason for the remodel? Is this out of necessity? Is this out of a change in lifestyle? Or if it's to keep up with the Jones and those things you need to I like to those jobs the best. <laughs> <laughs> for a remodeler, those are always the ones we're looking for. So once you've just determined it, you know, that's determine your budget as well. If this is a situation where you're bringing in your parents to live at home to care for or another family member back home. Or hallelujah, you're an empty nester now. The kids' hall bedroom is becoming your library <laughs> or your exercise room or your hobby room or your sewing room or whatever. Life changes drive a lot of remodeling. That's absolutely for sure. And we've already taken you through some steps that I want to just drill down deep into your head. So you get a couple names, you get on the Registrar of Contractors website, you verify their license, bonded, and insured, you make sure all those certificates are dated for expiration, past the time you think your project's going to be completed, you verify the qualifying party and that they are still a key management part of the team, and you've got a whole house energy audit as well as a lead, asbestos, and mold test of your home done. And now you've done the preliminaries to go to the next step in selecting that contractor. And the next step ought to probably be just getting that contractor out to your home. And I always tell people when they suggest a time, this is just a little trick, but it works pretty darn good. When they say, okay, let's meet at 11 o'clock uh, next Tuesday, make up an excuse on why 11 o'clock won't work, okay? And if they're scheduling that appointment really soon, that means they're not really busy. And in this economy right now, if the contractor you're talking to isn't really busy, that should set off some warning signals in your head right away little little sirens if if they can meet you that afternoon little sirens should start going off okay it it may not be a problem but it may be an indication that uh, why aren't they busy right now but when they say 11 o'clock find a reason that it has to be 11:15 or 10:45 make it on a quarter hour or something not straight up or straight down, not 11, not 11.30. Could you make it 11.10, 11.20, 11.15? And then mark in your head how close they are to showing up on time. Your contractor and you are now in the dating phase of your relationship. And if they show up late at the first meeting when they should be trying to put their best foot forward, that should be cause for another little alarm to be going off in your head. Or if they call and have to cancel the appointment, and I've had to call and cancel appointments before, but if if they cancel, again, I start, I want to know, I want to know why, because you're, you as the homeowner, your time is valuable well, as well, as well as their time, and you've already allocated this time, and darn it, you want your time respected as much as they respect their own time. 
and accidents do happen. And you know, accidents life do happen. Life happens, and especially in a general contracting world, especially if you've got four or five different jobs going on, you're probably juggling, juggling 20 subcontractors at the time, a couple hundred people possibly could be involved in the equation. Things, things do happen, but every general contractor still only has one mother. Now, that's right. <laughs> but some subcontractors... The third time he's going to his mom's funeral, some, something should be clicking off in the background. That the I, can, flag, I can flag. verify some subcontractors have eight grandmothers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've got the appointment set at some offbeat time. Let's just say it's 11.15. At 11.10, I want you to go to the front of your house and open the shades and watch and see what time they pull up and take a good look at their vehicle. Is it clean? Is it organized? If you can't see their eyes for the stack of fast food wrappers and receipts and yellow notepapers stacked up on their dashboard, if the truck isn't clean, if the tools aren't organized, little red sirens again should start going off in your head. Are they on time, and do they give the appearance of being well-organized and well-kept? And, you know, these are just basics. But again, you're in the dating phase. If they're not showing up trying to put their best foot forward, when you get married and sign the remodeling contract with them, I promise things aren't going to get better. If they're showing you these tendencies in the dating phase, they'll only become habits in the married phase while they're completing the contract to your home. Okay, so they walk up the street. The truck checks out. It's neat. It's clean. Seems organized. They get out with a little briefcase, and they introduce themselves and come on in. They really should be asking more questions about the project than you should be, okay? You want them to just take a look at here's what we're thinking. And as a contractor, I want to know why are we thinking about that? What about the existing home isn't working anymore? What's broken? It's one of the reasons when I meet people, I always ask them, how long have you lived in the home? And if they've just moved in the home a couple months ago, I push them very, very hard. I say, you know what? You might be better off living in this house for a year, year and a half, and keep this list going and let us sort through everything that you may or may not want to fix rather than dive into it now before you really get to know the home. So they're going to probably come with a little book that's going to show you pictures of prior projects. You want to get from them, oh, I like this picture. How much did it cost? When did you do it? What is the client's name? Is it in this neighborhood? The more clients in the neighborhood that have been recently completed that he's willing to let you talk to and willing to share the budget amount. And I don't divulge people's private business. I don't say, well, you know, your neighbor spent $72,614.87 on that master bathroom remodel. I just tell them other master bathrooms in this neighborhood that we've done recently and completed successfully have run between X and Y. Is that your comfortable investment level? And then your contractor should start working with you to, well, no. And I promise you, when you hear that number, it's going to be twice what you were hoping for. 
you thought you could get the master bathroom model for 30 and they're going to be coming back with 50, 60, 70, 80 or more. Okay? It's really tough for us to just get into a, a hall bathroom and remodel it for 30, much less a master bathroom. So that's why you don't want to give the budget first. Get from them pictures, projects completed in the neighborhood, and just go through it. How much was this one? How much was this one? How much was that one? And you'll start seeing in the pictures design trends and or materials or fixtures that particularly catch your eye. In a master bathroom, it's easy to spend four or $5,000 for plumbing fixtures in some parts of town. In master bathrooms in other parts of town, it's easy to spend thirty dollars or $40,000 just on the plumbing fixtures. We installed a bathtub last year. The bathtub was $14,000. So you want to look at pictures so you can draw comparisons. You don't, and that's not, you don't get any cleaner. You, I'll just can, say that. <laughs> you you can spend more than that. You go into oh. a plumbing showroom and they've got like uh, a, a his and her bathtub spa that has built-in tray that you can have your wine glass and a cheese. I mean, it's like this isn't a bath. This is like it's in the bathroom, yeah. but this is like a, a combo – what really dries up the price is the underwater mood lights. <laughs> <laughs> and they have them. I, they have them. I don't remember the price, but I remember thinking my last truck was less than oh, that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely, for sure. So now you've tested the man as to, or woman whether they can show up on time or they need or they organize. You've found out whether they're licensed, bonded, insured, and you've got an idea of what the budget investment should be. Now you can really start putting them to the test, okay? Now you want to start finding out what subcontractors will be used on this job, what supply warehouses will you be purchasing the material, and if your remodeling contractor is leery about sharing that information with you, that's another indication little red siren should start going off inside your head. Because I'm telling you, if you're interviewing a couple general contractors that operate in your neighborhood, they probably use one or two of the same subcontractors. And one of the final things you're going to do is call the subcontractors and say, I'm interviewing contractor A and contractor B. And they both list you as someone that does work on their projects. If you were me, and you had to pick between contractor A and contractor B, tell me which one generally hits the completion dates on time, which one has the happiest clients when they're done, which ones have the least amount of surprises and change orders in the process, and who would you hire to work at your own home? And I tell you what, that subcontractor line of information can be extremely that who pays their bills on time and getting to the right person at that subcontractor is key there are con subcontractors that are mom pop shops the wife answers the phone dad and the son are the ones in the job doing the field there's other ones that dad manages the company and has four or five different crews and it's the people that are on site that you want to get to the general contractor that picks up the phone the receptionist 
isn't going to have that information. You need to get to the right person at that company. Boy, at this point in the process, you have got a ton of information. And the contractor should have all the information they need to come back to you with maybe a little sketch and a budget parameter. And lots of contractors charge for that service. And I happen to be one of those contractors. I can't afford and nobody can afford to drive around town and just give free estimates by the hundreds all month long in hopes of landing one or two jobs. We charge for the estimating service. Most contractors, legitimate contractors, will charge a fee. And just make sure that fee is refundable against the construction contract that you end up signing with them. And then at this point, you're going to say your goodbyes, and you're going to set the next appointment. This is when I want to see the budget and a sketch and at 1045 in two weeks. And you say your goodbyes. And one more little tip on the subcontractor. Depending on if the homeowner's in the home or out of the home with the remodel, uh, the trade can make a big difference. The framing contractor is a lot less likely to see the homeowner than the painter finishing the job on the way out. Back at Rosie on the House, and we're here trying to educate homeowners who are contemplating a home remodel at any time in the future, and what work needs to go into the pre-planning of that and the selection process of your contractor. Now, we've ended the first meeting with the contractor at the house, and we have got a ton of information. And we've got the second appointment set, and you should already have some names of referrals. Now, between the first and second meeting, you call those referrals, and you ask them, were you happy with the timeliness of the job? Were there many days where the job just sat empty? Were you happy with the superintendent? What was the actual superintendent's name that did the job? Were you happy with the cleanliness? Were you happy with the respect they showed your home? Were they able to isolate the work area off from your living area? Were they willing to show respect for your dogs, your kids, the rest of your family, your personal possessions? And would you hire them again? Now, you're going to have the answers to all those questions when this contractor comes back on the second visit. Remember, the appointment is set for some screwy time, like 10.50 or 10.35, and you're going to test them to see if they make that on time. And then you want to know, do they have everything they said they would have? They said they'd have a drawing, and they said they'd have preliminary budgets. If they show up and say, well, I didn't quite get the time to put that together. I need some more information. That should be another one of those little red sirens going off inside your head. If they can't come back prepared, if they can't do what they said they were going to do, they're not going to finish your job on time. There are going to be ugly surprises during the process. So they come back, they show you a nice little drawing, you get a budget, and you ask them, are you pulling a permit on this job? You know, there are very, very few jobs that don't require a permit. And you want them to pull the permit. You don't particularly want that in your name, the homeowner's name. Make them responsible for getting the final inspection once everything is done. And if they haven't brought up the topic of a permit, that should be another 
red signal. You can't remodel a bathroom without a permit. You can't even replace a water heater without a permit. So they've shown up now at a meeting. They've presented you with the budget, and you've interviewed their past clients. Now you want to see the actual superintendent that's going to do work on your job, and you want to see them on a job they're currently running. You want to go drop in on Superintendent Bob on Aunt Martha's bathroom remodel he's currently doing. Is the job clean? Check out his truck the same way you checked out the owner's truck. If his dashboard is stacked up with receipts and scheduling papers and crumbled up pieces of paper and the tools aren't organized in his truck and it's a dirty truck, that's the way he's going to treat your property. That's the way he's going to treat your job. So you've met the superintendent, their success ratio on prior projects, and now you're ready to see the contractor at his place of business. And that's probably a third visit. And it's okay for this interview process to go two or three steps deep because you're constantly testing them every time. Are they prepared for the meeting? Do they have done what they said they'd get done? Are they on time? Meet them at their place of business. Ask to see their scheduling software. Sometimes that's just a big chalkboard or whiteboard, but at least they're tracking their manpower requirements and job schedules on every single job they've got. Ask them to take a look at their accounting system and do they have an accurate job cost control way of keeping track of everything. Now, once you've seen their office, you've seen a couple of their jobs, you've talked to several of their clients, you've met the superintendent that's going to run the job, you've verified they're properly insured, bonded, and licensed, you've verified the lead test, mold tests, and asbestos tests have all been completed, and you've got a detailed scope of work. I mean detailed. It's too hard to get more detail than you need. Now you're going to ask for a start date and a completion date. And it's up to you, homeowner, to demand that contractor keep you in the information loop. And one of the things you should ask is, can we meet on this job every Tuesday morning at 937? You verify the job's on schedule, the job's on budget. What got done last week, what's going to get done today, and what's scheduled to get done next week. Get this in writing from him. These are job progress meetings that should occur every week for any job that's going to go over four to six weeks. And then when you have that meeting the next Tuesday, you can hold him accountable for everything he said was going to get done last week. Folks, I promise you, if you take these steps in interviewing the contractor, you will get a successful project. The last question you're going to want to ask before you go into the contract is which one of us, me or you, is going to get the course of construction insurance, which is very necessary. If you're doing a kitchen remodel and they develop $30,000 worth of cabinets and $20,000 worth of appliances and stock it in the garage and some accident occurs where those things are damaged before they're bolted to your home, your homeowner's insurance will not cover those items. Course of construction insurance. Boy, and there's one more point y'all need to be aware of because in the state of Arizona, the lawyers and the legislatures have made the payment of sales tax on remodeling projects so complicated it will blow your mind just to figure out how tough it is. 
So make sure your contractor is up to date on how sales tax needs to be paid. All right? If they're doing it right, you probably have the right contractor. That's a good sign.